Hello and welcome. You're listening to The Fourth Estate, the show where journalists talk journalism. Coming to you from 2SER in Sydney on the Gadigal lands of the Eora Nation, right across Australia on the Community Radio Network and directly to your device across the globe via podcast. My name is Peter Frey. I'm the co-director of the Centre for Media Transition at University of Technology, Sydney, and my producer is Anthony Dockrell. Uh, today we're going to do a fourth estate special because there are a lot of issues around and none more pressing really than media freedom and uh, perhaps an embodiment for some of media freedom, one Julian Assange. Joining with me for this special edition is Marcus Strom, who is the federal president of the journalism section, to me the federal president of the union, the MEAA. Uh, welcome, Marcus. How are you? Hi, Peter. Great. Um, it's wonderful to be with you. Uh, it's always great to talk to you, mate. Um, before we get to Assange, let's just quickly talk about media freedom, in particular the Media Freedom Lecture, which is coming up in Sydney uh, early next month. Who's giving it and what are they going to talk about? So it's on the 2nd of May, Thursday, at the University of Sydney. Uh, it's been given by Yara Boomelam, who's a fantastic independent journalist and uh, filmmaker. She was the young, uh, she was the Walkley Young Journalist of the Year in 2011. She's giving a talk on how misinformation is used by governments mm. to undermine press freedom, particularly in the Asia-Pacific region. Mm-hmm. And she's also going to be talking about a documentary she's working on with Maria Ressa in the Philippines, who's the courageous editor of Rappler, Mm. Uh, online news journal. Uh, you remember Maria Ressa was one of Time's People of the Year for her role in fighting for press freedom. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I I happen to you know have the benefit of knowing Yara quite reasonably well. She's been on the show a couple of times, and Maria is um, a remarkable woman. Um, if any, if anyone's seen the Rappler, please, if you haven't seen the Rappler, please go and have a look. Um, she is one very courageous journalist. Um, she's done some remarkable reporting and she has been a thorn in the side of the Duterte government and, uh, and for her sins, for her actions, for being a basically standing up for journalism freedom in her country, she's found herself in the clink. Absolutely. And so on the 2nd of May at the University of Sydney, Hugh Rivington will be joining us to have a Q&A session with uh, Yara after she gives her lecture. And uh, it's there'll be drinks and nibbles afterwards for people who come and networking opportunities. And, and where do we get tickets from? Just, just on you go to the MIA website and, or you just Google Press Freedom Lecture okay. 2019. You'll find it. And it's 45 bucks for MIA members. 60 for non-members, so it, it, it's worthwhile being a member just for that alone. Okay. Well, that's the end of the party political broadcast. Let's talk about Julian Assange. Um, just so uh, I'm sure a lot of people listening have, uh, know the story, but just to recap uh, Julian Assange's story, his long uh, period of house-guesting at the Ecuadorian embassy in London, came to an abrupt end about a week ago when the new Ecuadorian government basically chucked him out and handed him into the awaiting arms of the British police, where he is uh, wanted on charges going back to 2012 
about skipping bail, which in turn was about uh, allegations, uh, sexual assault allegations uh, uh, that he faced um, in Sweden, uh, which were subsequently dropped in 2017. So it's quite a convoluted legal matter there. But so that's what the legal part of it is. Of course, the real central question is now whether Assange will be extradited to the United States, where he is facing charges of aiding and beckoning espionage uh, in the form of Chelsea Manning and, and hacking and all sorts of other crimes and misdemeanors against the U.S. apparatus. I guess the central question um, about Assange, well, two central questions is... Um, it, is he a journalist? Does that matter? And secondly, um, are we doing enough? And why should we care about Assange uh, any more than we would any other Australian? What do you think, Marcus? So I think the central question is that the United States is pursuing a whistleblower, publisher, journalist, mm-hmm. however you want to define it, for revealing information that expose war crimes, uh, that Im- deeply embarrassed the United States, and they've been pursuing him since 2010 mm-hmm. and haven't let up. Mm-hmm. And for me, that is the central question for uh, people who follow the media. So it doesn't matter to you whether he's a journalist or not, right? Not on this point. Uh, I think it's interesting to discuss whether he is or not. Uh, I think there are valid arguments either way. Um, I think you can make a very strong argument for the fact that he is a journalist, you can make a very strong argument, as Peter Grester has done uh, recently, that he's not. And I think they're valid arguments. But I don't think that should be defining whether or not we act to protect WikiLeaks' actions in the period 2007 to 11 uh, from prosecution by the US government. Hmm. I mean, the central problem here, of course, is that uh, the U.S. doesn't have the sort of whistleblower legislation or protection that uh, it probably should have, right? I mean, so he's basically, yeah, there's been a grand jury in, in the United States that have, have found him, uh, found that they want to charge him with a whole raft of, uh, of espionage-related claims. It's not, es- it's not espionage well, yet. The only, the only charge at the moment, it relates to a conspiracy to assist somebody to hack a password. Mm-hmm. It's not even clear if that attempt, that alleged attempt, was successful mm-hmm. or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, of course, there's also rumours and innuendo that uh, once he's in the hands of Uncle Sam, the charges will pile on and relate to espionage, which, of course, include much higher sentences. But I'd like to draw your attention to a couple of sentences and be good to know if you could guess who said them. Mm. Uh, we will strongly resist any attempts to make the publication of these or similar documents illegal. Any such action would impact not only on WikiLeaks, but every media organisation in the world that aims to inform the public about decisions made on their behalf. WikiLeaks is part of the media and deserves our support. I guess that's Donald Trump, is that right? No, it's you. Oh, it's me. Excellent. Yes. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, you actually, uh, <laughs> I hate comparing myself to Donald Trump. That in 2011. Well, thank you very much for reading my own words back to me. And absolutely, uh, uh, at that time, as you to give the audience some background, I was editor or editor in chief of the Sydney Morning Herald. I think editor in chief, and we had published uh, a lot of the WikiLeaks uh, materials. Uh, mind you, I should say. Uh, we published them after uh, doing journalistic due diligence on them. So 
we were not necessarily, you know, we did not just sort of uh, take them holus bolus and um, put them out to the public. So we did our job as journalists. Um, I, I guess, okay, fair point. What needs to be done, Marcus? Well, I think the Australian and British governments need to oppose uh, the extradition request from the United States. And I think we need to press the government. I accept it's difficult because Julian Assange is a very difficult person to like. Mm. Uh, but it's really not about him. Um, I mean, Julian Assange has been a member of my union since 2007. So as president of that union, uh, I'm obliged to uh, defend his interests as a member, as I am obliged to defend the interests of Yang Hengjun, who's in a jail in China, who's a MIA member. Mm-hmm. Um, and likewise, we defended Peter Grester when he was in jail, um, of a government that said he wasn't a journalist and he didn't work for a media organisation, if you remember. Yes, that's right. So what should people do? I mean, um, is there... I, I, I would urge people to get uh, vocal, write to the foreign minister, whoever that will be after the 18th of May, write to their MP. And it is not... I mean, you know me, Peter, I'm not a signed-up member of the Julian Assange fan club. It's not for me about him. It is about principles of being able to publish information that's clearly in the public interest. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, absolutely. I thought it was, uh, Peter, Grest, uh, Peter Grester's article was, was interesting in terms of defining um, Julian Assange not to be a journalist. Yes. And, uh, but but your, your point it, is that that's a distraction, really? Well, it, to some extent. I mean, we can talk about how many journalists there are dancing on the head of a pin, but I think this person should not be facing charges for exposing war crimes in Iraq and Afghanistan and exposing a number of quite dodgy governmental deals through the the cable, which is what you were publishing Mm -hmm. at at the Herald at the time, which sent shockwaves through the diplomatic world and led to various arrests and so on. Indeed, and and, uh, I think we published it on page one of the Herald, I think it was eight days in a row, or seven or eight days in a row. It certainly did make a splash at the time. I mean, you're dead right. And uh, look, Julian Assange isn't an easy person to love. He, uh, I mean, apart from anything else, he uh, is um, inconsistent at times. He is uh, very um, narcissistic, I guess. I mean, there is this... Uh, question of the sexual assault charges, which were dropped, but there was some, you know, some yeah. quite um, difficult evidence that laid at the time around that. So, but as you say, that isn't the point here. The point is here is that he is a whistleblower and he deserves to be given protection. I mean, it does bring into uh, light the whole inadequacies of our uh, both Australia's and you know, and lots of other countries, but Australia's uh, inadequate protections for whistleblowers, right? Absolutely. I mean, if you remember that letter that you signed, which um, from 2011 was signed by people like Clinton Maynard, who was news director at 2UE, who doesn't normally... Mm. Um, Gary Linnell, who was editing the Daily Telegraph at the time. Kate Tawney, who was director of ABC News at the time. This letter was written in response to comments by the then Prime Minister, Julia Gillard, basically saying publishing this material is a criminal act. Mm. And that that was the response. And that shows the disdain that um, the powers that be have for the release of secret information that embarrasses them. 
Well, there is that. I mean, but to just to play devil's advocate, I suppose the other issue with WikiLeaks a lot is the kind of torrent of stuff. I mean, uh, for instance, when I give lectures about fake news, I often re reference the WikiLeaks leaks in relation that were enabled uh, the uh, the dark web to come up with the conspiracy theory about Pizza Gate, DC yep. uh, Comet Pizza in in Washington DC. Uh, which alleged that John Potesta, Hillary Clinton's chief of staff, was running a pedophile ring there, and some guy took a gun and tried to shoot the place up. Well, in fact, did yeah. shoot the place up, and he's now in clink. So there is, I mean, that's that makes that gives it another dimension, doesn't it? It does, but um, Julian Assange isn't facing charges for bad journalism, is he? Um, I think what WikiLeaks has done post two thousand and five or so is. Um, uh, sorry, it's post-2014-15, is, is questionable and debatable, but I don't think that is what is before the U.S. courts. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, okay, so you're talking about what's before the U.S. courts, because it's the is what was called uh, collateral damage, the 2010 uh, leaking of the, of the uh, footage showing the shooting down of uh, civilians. And journalists, two and, journalists, and journalists. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely. Which so it predates anything that uh, that has changed because WikiLeaks has changed as an organisation in the last two, three, four years, right? Yeah, I think it's been riven by splits and desertions and all sorts of things over the time period because evidently he's a difficult person mm. to work with. But mm. I mean, the, the and then there's all questions about the 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 data, the the dump of of unfiltered. Um, information, and then you've got the toing and froing with the Guardian, who really leaked it, and there's is, there's a lot of grey area and muddy water. And I think this will be thrown up um, to say uh, to try and obfuscate about whether or not we should be calling for Julian Assange um, to be saved from facing prison time in the US with this. Mm -hmm. What I was surprised about with Peter Gress's, um article, as valid as it was, it didn't once say whether he thought. Julian Assange should face a U.S. court over these matters. And mm. I found that to be sitting on the fence on, on, on that matter. We can argue whether uh, Julian Assange matches up to the very high levels of journalism that Peter outlaid in that article. And quite frankly, um, does it, I, I wonder if every journalist um, matches the, the model that Peter Gresser laid out in that article as well. Mm. Mm. Um, I guess, do you think the Assange thing will, I mean, we have a federal election on, as we all know, uh, the Assange thing is, was treated, uh, well, the Daily Telegraph called, talked to, ran the picture of him with a beard talking about wiki freaks. I mean, it became yeah. a bit of a, you know, crazy sideshow kind of story rather than the issue that you're talking about. Are we at danger of losing sight of the issue in the melee of the day-to-day -day news, especially in a federal election? Yeah, look, I think it'll, um, It'll raise its head again on, I think, the second uh, or third of May, which is third uh, of May's Press Freedom Day, mm -hmm. um, when he is sentenced for the bail breach. Mm -hmm. um, so he'll probably be sentenced for up to a year. Um, it'll raise, it. but I think we need to keep uh, the pressure on all the time, reminding people this is about press freedom. It's not about Julian Assange. It's not even really about WikiLeaks. It's about the principle of being able to. Uh, Journalists go about the business of publishing hidden and secret information that is clearly in the public interest yes. without being pursued by the courts. Um, and I think 
that is the principle. I mean, yeah, the Daily Telegraph has flipped. As I, as I said, Gary Linnell, the editor of the Daily Telegraph at the time, signed the document defending um, WikiLeaks at the time in 2011. Mm. Mm. Um, so I think there's, a, there's going to be a long way to go. And also our position is if uh, Sweden reissues uh, arrest warrants or uh, for questioning over um, sexual uh, assault or rape charges in, in Sweden, that um, Julian Assange should face the music on those, but also Sweden should also guarantee uh, that he won't be on extradited onto the United States. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to leave it there. Um, we, um, if you're uh, just, uh, just, uh, if you're interested in the Media Freedom Lecture, go to the MEAA website or, and and buy. I, I can attest that uh, Yara Buman would give a fantastic lecture. I'm sure she will, and uh, it'll be a great uh, night to um, catch up with some old friends and what have you. And uh, I'm sure you'll see Marcus Strom there. Yes, I'll be there. Okay, Marcus. Thank you for your time. Thank you uh, very much, Peter. Always uh, good to talk to you. All right, mate. Anytime. That's it for this special edition of uh, Fourth Estate. Uh, this edition was recorded at the studios of 2SCR and heard across the country on the Community Radio Network. And make sure you subscribe to the Fourth Estate on your favorite podcast app so you can hear us talk about journalism, media, politics, and a few things in between at your leisure. Uh, we'll be back with more very soon. But in the meantime, you can stay in touch with us on Twitter, where our handle is Fourth Estate AU. Many thanks to my producer, Anthony Dockrell. My name is Peter Frey, and thank you for listening. Thank you.